for for all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, football season is upon us. If you uh, follow the college game at all, SEC Media Days has started, started this week. And what also started this week, as a matter of fact, started today, Bo Morgan, the rookies, the rooks, they have reported to training camp. And the Falcons are one of those teams where the rookies have reported to training camp. The others include, uh, I believe, the Saints, the Giants. I had it pulled up. I'll have it uh, here in just a second. But I know Falcons, Saints, Giants, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Dolphins are all, and the Ravens are all teams that have uh, players reported to training camp today. So it's here, Bo. We are we are right here. But the one thing I think we do uh, have to point out and talk about is the rookies are the only, uh, at least for the Falcons, rookies are the only players reported to training camp right now. And the veterans actually don't have to report until next week, July 25th, to be exact. And so, but I want to talk about just, you know, the importance of the rookies coming in a week before. Uh, you know, I, I believe it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just to, to get the guys acclimated to everything, maybe, you know, help them install. Are, are they installing things at, at, at this point now and, and, and getting stuff like that going? And, you know, just what's kind of the reasoning for the, for the rookies reporting a week early. I mean, installing things, get them acclimated, get them some, you know, just reps before the veterans get in. What, what's the reason? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it's acclimation. Um, obviously, they're going over. Like they, they got in today and did physicals. They'll do, um, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm not sure the exact time they had to report today. Yeah. So tomorrow right. might be a, they might have not had to report till this afternoon. And then right. um, fully, you know, I, I'm just not 100% sure. I could probably check their, the Falcons Twitter and get get an exact answer. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where, um, they'll get in there today and, and move into their, their dorm that they'll live in. And, um, at some point they'll have to go through their physicals. They'll go through the conditioning test that they, they, that they have to take. Um, and then I, I believe it's one of those deals where you, um, I don't install is not, necessarily something uh i don't think they're necessarily installing but i'm sure they're going over stuff they're they're just getting these guys ready to go um and getting them in the building and it's 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 really i've never i don't recall ever seeing it where they moved in or they they showed up a week before um for camp and and honestly dylan i'm pretty positive that the um hall of fame game teams will be reporting here soon uh yeah yeah they'll they'll all they normally start about three to five days before uh, everybody else. So they'll probably be reporting here in a couple of days. And, and those teams will go ahead and start everything, but install. No, I mean, they have a, 
uh, a playbook of what they want. I mean, when they when they do some of that install stuff, it, it's a lot of more of a game plan stuff. But they have some yeah. of the basic stuff, as far as I know, um, that that they have to do. So it, it's, it's I think it's a lot of it is um, uh, an acclimation period. To be honest with you, get you in there and just take your time with all that and um, and, and and be ready to go when when it's thing really hits the ground running next Thursday. That's right. And uh, you already know, just to uh, give the station some love, you already know, 92.9 The Game, uh, Station Bo and I are a part of. Bo's actually the assistant brand manager. We call him Mr. Squid Billy when we're at the station. Uh, we will be out there. Uh, 92.9 The Game will. The morning shift will be out there at, at Falcons Training Camp Live starting Thursday. They'll be there Thursday, Friday, and then all of that uh, next week. So 92.9 The Game will be the only radio station live out there uh, broadcasting live out there. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun and make sure y'all come say what's up to uh Mr. Squid Billy when, uh, when he's out there, Mike Johnson, Tiffany Blackman as well, and the rest of the 92, nine crew. So just wanted to give that shout out as well. Okay. Bo. speaking of training camp, we've been doing our training camp position battles, breakdowns, things of that nature. And we have gone through all of the positions besides one. And that is the defensive line. So I want to do the defensive line a little bit differently, though, because as far as when you talk about battles and things of that nature, the defensive line's a little bit different. It's it's more so about, you know, it's not really about who's starting. It's about who gets the 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 the, the percentage of the snaps. And with the defensive line, it's a rotation. It's not a set group. It's not like the offensive line where the ideal scenario is to just have five guys at the same position all season long and have those five guys in for every single play. The defensive line is a rotation, so guys are going to get snaps. It's really about who's going to get the majority of the snaps, and we kind of know the answer to that already. But I do want to talk about the newest acquisitions that we've gotten through uh, free agency. We drafted some guys as well. So who on the defensive lineman, out of the new defensive lineman that we got, so the Calais Campbells of the world, the David Anyamadas of the world, the Bud Dupree's, guys like that, who is going to have the biggest impact, uh, in your opinion, on this defensive line, out of the new defensive lineman that we've gotten this this offseason? Well, I, I feel like I say this a lot. That's not easy because Eddie Goldman is a guy who – Yep. With Stein last year retired and now is coming back, and I think he has a real good chance to maybe um, to maybe do something. He's a bigger dude. I mean, Goldman is 6'3", 330, but the guy that I'm most excited about is David Onyemata. Um, sure. He's only, I believe, 26 years old, if I'm not mistaken, on Onyemata. Um, he's, he's 6'3", 300 pounds, and he's going to be – he's going to be that guy next to Grady Jarrett that really helps Grady Jarrett, I think. Yes. Yeah become the player that um that that he really needs to uh to, to be he's the guy um for me that could really make tie all this thing this together and you know along him with along with Eddie Goldman these guys really have a chance to do some stuff so personally um I, I'm I'm really really excited about David Onyemata up front. I think with with Calais at times, with Ebi Katie at times up there, um, you know Ebi Katie's technically a linebacker, but up there, I just think these guys are gonna he's gonna really help Grady and Taquan Graham be better in the run game. 
possibly Grady and to, uh, and, and, and whoever is playing the edge at that point in time, like Calais, um, you know, be, be a guy, Zach Harrison, to, to, he's going to free these guys up because he's going to eat double teams that Grady's had to eat in the years past. Um, and so, to me, that's a guy that I'm really excited about. I mean, to me, David Onyemata is a guy that I'm pumped for. But I, you know, my honorable mention is Eddie Goldman, to be honest yep. with you, because I think he's a guy that could do some damage as well. No, I, I completely agree. Eddie Goldman is definitely a a very good pick. He's that guy, and and, and both touched on it. He was that Falcons actually added him last year. Then he actually uh, retired, took a step away, and then now he's back. So the Falcons are able to activate him off the uh, reserve retire list, and hopefully he's gonna, like both said, be be a guy that can make an impact on this Falcons defensive line. But I think the answer almost has to be David on Yamada. It, it it just seems like. He is going to be that dude that Grady Jarrett always needed beside him because we've always talked about it. While Grady is a dominant and, and in my opinion, one of the best in the game, I know sometimes he's a little bit underrated when it comes to the national media and pundits and whatnot. But uh, for guys like us, Bo, that watch him up close and personal, see him in practice, obviously get to watch him every week, we know what Grady Jarrett is, is capable of. And there are times... There have been times last year and years past where not only has Grady Jarrett been double teamed, but he's been triple teamed. In that Detroit Lions game, what was it, last year or a few years back, he was getting triple teamed almost all game long. And, you know, there was actually sound of it because he was uh, mic'd up. But that's not going to happen this year. David Onyemata, uh, Eddie Goldman, guys like that are going to be able to take that pressure off of Grady Jarrett. And that's going to open Grady Jarrett up. And if we know one thing, about Grady Jarrett. He is a monster one-on-one. And so not only – so it's, you're going to have to really pick your poison. It's, if you want to double-team Grady Jarrett, then David Onyemata might be able to eat or uh, Eddie Goldman might be able to eat or somebody whoever else is next to Grady Jarrett on the defensive line is going to be able to eat. But on the flip side of that, if you're trying to cover up and stop David Onyemata, well, then it's Grady Jarrett's turn. So just having that guy next to Grady, like you said, is going to make all the difference. and. Again, too, let's just let, let's not talk about having, you know, uh, just somebody to open things up for Grady Jarrett. I mean, David Onyemata is a dude who's going to be able to go get the quarterback, too. I mean, a very skilled guy himself had a lot of success in New Orleans under Ryan Nielsen, who's now obviously, as we know, the defensive coordinator for the Falcons. So he's going to already have that relationship with Ryan Nielsen. So he's almost going to have a uh, a leg up and, you know, kind of be a guy who's almost fast-tracking in this defense because he's already going to be familiar with uh, the system. Now, I don't know how much Ryan Nelson is going to tweak things based on the per- the new personnel that he has and being on a new team, but still, uh, it almost seems like David Onyemata is going to be the answer just because of the familiarity he has with Ryan Nielsen being next to a guy like Grady Jarrett and the way they're going to be able to uh, play off each other. So out of the new defensive linemen that we have on this team, I, I think the, has- the answer has to be, David Onyemata. He's he's the guy that's pretty much closest in his prime because, you know, obviously Clay's camp is a little bit older, and I still think he'll be impactful, but David Onyemata is a little bit closer to the front nine of his career than the back nine, and but he's also in right there in that sweet spot where, you know, he's going to be really impactful. So I'm agreeing with you when it, uh, when it comes to uh, David Onyemata. But when we talk about the biggest impact, it's David Onyemata, but who do you think? Now, this can be anybody that was on uh, that that that's been on the team, whether it's an old guy or a new guy on the Falcons. Who do you think is set to have a 
breakout season on the defensive line. And so it could be uh, it could be a rookie. It could be uh, one of the new defensive linemen that we just talked about. It could be a guy who's a veteran on this team. And I actually think you had an interesting answer before we got started. And it's a guy who we were just talking about. And uh, and Grady Jerry. So is, is that who you're going with as far as who could have a breakout year? Or are you going with somebody else? Um, you know, I really do believe that Grady Jarrett, if he can stay injury free, and 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 guys like Goldman and David Onyemata and Calais Campbell and uh, maybe even Zach Harrison do their thing, I think that he could have um, probably the best year of his career. I think he's prime. Grady Jarrett went in the last year and the best. I thought the best. Some of the one of the best. Uh, some probably to me as good a physical shape as I've ever seen him. And so I, I absolutely think that um, Grady Jarrett is probably that guy that will have the biggest year. Um, now, I could be wrong, but I would have to say for me, it's it's between Grady Jarrett and Arnold Abikati because mm-hmm. I think as much as is talked about, um, you know, maybe Grady Jarrett having that impact and such, to me, you look at Abikati – um, and you know the, the interior push that he's going to get in pass rush that he's going to have for him with Anyamata taking up a double team, maybe Grady in there, Calais in there. I think uh, Ebikati's going to going to benefit from a a, an, a collapsing pocket via the interior, if that makes sense. I think a lot of times uh, Ebikati was really close to to producing sacks, but because quarterbacks had a had had a clean pocket to step into he kind of missed out there. I mean, there were times where he couldn't finish, but that's also a second-year play. Now a rookie, and now it's going to be a second-year player. And if there is any kind of interior pressure, the quarterbacks won't have a clean pocket, and that might bottle up some sacks when he is getting pressure on that edge and and somewhat winning there when guys just can't step away from him cleanly. No, for sure. And, and look, we just talked about it having that help next to a, a guy like uh, Grady, uh, like David Onyemata, is going to be huge. Honored Epicati is an interesting uh, choice as well because uh, not only is he going to, like you said, uh, he's going to have more help on, on the line too, that interior offensive line that you, and defensive line, excuse me, that you just talked about. They're going to be causing more pressure for the inside and you know, kind of pushing the quarterback or the running back to guys like Arnold Ebicady and D'Angelo Malone, D'Angelo Malone and guys like that. But also, too, he's going to be able to learn from some pretty premier edge rushers and guys who have had success like a, a Bud Dupree and even being, you know, under the under the wing of Calais Campbell a little bit and just being able to maybe teach him what he knows. I know Calais Campbell is more of a traditional defensive end and, you know, Arnold Ebicady might be more of a little bit of an outside linebacker, but there are still plenty of skills there that Calais Campbell will be able to pass along. So being able to learn from Calais Campbell, being able to learn from Bud Dupree, I, I think is going to be huge for Arnold Ebicady. But, but a guy that I want to talk about that I think could really have a breakout year and – it's gonna, and it might be a little bit of a long shot, but I think he really will have an impact on this team this year. And I think it's Taquan Graham. I think Taquan Graham, he he had his season shortened last year with injury, and he was really good. You've talked about this before, Bo. He was very, very good in the running game as far as run defense goes. And when he was in there before he got injured, this Falcons runs run defense was actually close to they were a little bit above middle of the pack um they were they were they were they were pretty far up there but 
I think he's set to have a, a pretty big year if he can stay healthy. Now, the one thing is I'm not sure how much he will be in there when it comes to third downs. And we know all we we all know third down is where defensive linemen really make their money. That's where they make their hay getting stops on third down. I'm not sure how much he'll be in there on third down. That's something we can get into here in a second. Um, I think he's going to be in on more running situations, but I still think he can make a huge impact on this defensive line. If he can find a way to find the field in, in obvious passing down situations, I think that that'll help him too. But I think for what his game is set up for and, and, and where he's going to be, where he's going to really make his gravy is, you know, making impacts on first and second down in, in the running game. But I think Taquan Graham, even with not necessarily being in on those passing downs and maybe not being a a, a pass rusher, uh, so to speak, I think he's still going to have a uh, breakout year this year. Well, I, I like that. I mean, I, I think I, I thought Taquan Graham was a, was a, did the dirty work and the quiet part last year that no one wants to talk about, to your point. I, I thought he was having – I mean, to me, he was having – um, I don't want to say, a, I mean, a breakout year might be strong. See, the problem for me with a guy like that and picking a guy like that is a lot of people aren't necessarily going to notice that That's true. That's he's a good having point. a breakout year. Yeah. The way you knew how good Taquan Graham was last year was you saw the difference in, to your point, the run defense, which is mm-hmm. something you and I talked about extensively, the difference between him in and out of the lineup last year. Right. The only issue I have or worry that I have with Taquan Graham is snaps right. and how um, how he recovers from what is still a serious knee injury with, I believe it was the ACL. Um, it might have been MCL, but I thought it was an ACL. I, I would have to double check. But to me, that would be the only thing that would worry me with, with, with TQ and um, – and, you know, and even, yeah, you know, I bought, uh, I went, yes, uh, Friday. I, I want to tell this story real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I went Friday after the show that we, our morning show that, um, that you produce and, and that me and, uh, Mike Johnson, who's been on here and Tiffany Blackman, uh, former NFL network reporter now works for, uh, uh, ESPN doing college football. Big and, too. Um, we, um, I went to buy, uh, Phil Still magazine with for college football and it's the yeah. college football bible everybody talks about and i grabbed um lindy's um nfl lindy sports who does a pretty good job with their pro football preview and i want to read you this little snippet um okay. that they said they're talking about the defensive line and i just think it's interesting um they're talking about calais campbell and they say in 22 campbell played 550 defensive snaps which was 62 percent okay which, by the way he plans on playing 60% um, this year. I like and, that. And, um, and he played 35% of the uh, special teams. Which I don't think he'll play yeah. very much special teams this year, to be honest with you. Um, right. you know, he, he, Campbell, though, had 36 tackles, five and a half sacks, and 14 quarterback hits with four TFLs, which are tackles for loss, which you guys know. Yep. But this is the interesting part. In the middle of Calais Campbell love story that they're writing here, yeah, Quan Graham, who is having a strong campaign, will try to make it back from knee surgery. Mm. Strong campaign, yeah, try to make it back. The strong campaign thing is to me is that the football people, the people that are doing this analysis, people that are that are that are breaking this down, are with us on how good you're yeah. playing. Right. Then it goes on to say 
Again, I told you that was in the middle of this Calais Campbell love story, which we love Calais Campbell on this sure. podcast. And yes. it says Campbell will turn 37 on September 1st and plans to play 60% of defensive snaps. I said all that to say this. I'd have to go back and see how many of the snaps that uh, TQ played before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But what I'll tell you is, is if he's only getting about 30 to 35% of the snaps, you might see a very fresh TQ Graham. You might also yeah. see a guy that's fresh second half of the season. And I think you could get it. The, and, and you might get more out of him for two reasons. One, coming off an injury, obviously still a young guy. But coming yeah. off the injury might help him come back uh, slowly and kind of, uh, you know, it, it really work his way back to um, real football playing shape. But the other thing for me is I just think he he will be when he's out there. You're getting uh, the best of that guy, and I also think him and TQ, I mean him and Calais can play off each other as far as keeping each other fresh. I think what I'm trying to say, or no, no, let me phrase that. What I'm trying to say is I think. That is a depth thing because you have a guy who was a starter last year who played well for you, right? On a pretty porous defense in some ways, right? Who might not even be getting fifty percent of the snaps next year or this mm-hmm. season, um, it, depending on how Calais Campbell stays healthy and et cetera. That is called depth, and that is a good situation yes. because you're bringing a guy in and Tiki Graham who's shown he can do it um, to a lesser extent to to take over and to give a breather to a guy like Calais Campbell, who's a hall of fame player um, or will be in the five years to the day after he retires. All right. I want to, I want to end on this note as we uh, get close to wrapping up here on this episode of Peace street football, you talked about snap percentage and I do want to get into that just really quick. Obviously we really don't know. And that's why I don't want to spend too, too much time on it. But if you just had to take a, Quick guess on snap percentage. We know Clay's Campbell has uh, basically said he, he he plans to play 60%. I know Grady Jarrett is going to be a guy that gets a lot of uh, the snap percentage. Maybe he's around uh, maybe close to the same number as Clay's, probably a little bit higher, around 60. Uh, obviously, David Onyemata is probably going to be a guy that gets a, a high snap percentage. If you would just – we won't even get into numbers because, again, we won't be able to tell. Uh, we just – we can't really give you a number. It's not, it's not fair to y'all. But – if you had to give if you had to give me the guys who you think are going to have the highest snap percentage, just who are the guys that are going to be in there the most? I mean, is it Grady Jarrett in your book, Calais Campbell, uh, David Onyemata? Arnold Grady, Jarrett, Grady Jarrett. Is that, yeah. Grady Jarrett played 76% of this team's snap counts last, uh, last yeah. year. Uh, the defensive snaps, he played 856 of them, which was 76%. Um I would probably go to say a guy like Troy Anderson is going to yeah. get a. Now that I'm going linebacker, so I got to stick back to defensive line. But um, you know, Lorenzo Carter played 81. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he's technically a linebacker, but he's a edge player. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, right. but I would say Grady Jarrett, and then I would think that 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 Calais Campbell and David Onyemata would be would be two and three and uh, one way or another. Right. Um. But yeah, I think I think without a doubt, Grady Jarrett. Um, I, I mean, th- there's just it, it just he's he's your best. He's he's close, not 
He's arguably your best defensive player and definitely your best defensive lineman. So no, he, he's definitely no, no, he, no, there's no. I mean, the only other guy you could mention in his realm would be AJ Terrell, and, and I would give it to Trady Jarrett right now. I think Grady Jarrett's your best defensive player, and I think well, AJ Terrell is right there with him. Well, real quick, what about Jesse Bates? Do you think he is he in that realm too? I mean, he's he's got to be close to there. Um. Yeah, I, well, I would hell, I would hope so. You're paying him sixty million dollars a year. Um, but yeah, Je that's fair. That's fair. That's a good call because I was, yeah. I, I'm still getting used to Jesse. Bates. I know. I, I'm um, with you. I'm with you. Sometimes it's hard to remember that he, he's on your team. It's a but, it's a good thing to remember. <laughs> but I would say, I would say, and see, I think that's a good thing. Is I would say that you, that's that's a very fair statement. But you have three guys now. We're debating. Whereas yeah, years past, exactly. it was just great. It was just there was um, no debate. <laughs> and I think AJ is has been in that realm too. But yeah, but I, I, I would I, to me, Grady Jarrett has been the most consistent player on this defense, um, probably since he stepped on the field for the team. Oh, for sure, as a rookie. Well, now I, his rookie year is tough, but you know it's tough to really grade. But that guy was good for the moment he got here. So yeah, I would say Grady Jarrett. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I don't think there's any base, especially like. You know, too. Uh, obviously, AJ's AJ's a pro's pro as well. But I mean, just what Grady do, Grady does on and off the field. And look, AJ does great stuff off the field too. Don't want to take anything from him. But I mean, he's just been a consummate pro. And then, like you said, he he proves it year in and year out. You know, there there's not a bad word you could ever say about uh, Grady Jarrett. But that is our D lineman breakdown, and that is going to do it for this episode of. P Street Football. Again, make sure you all like this podcast. Download the podcast. Subscribe to P Street Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcast. That is Spotify. That is the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, guess what? P Street Football is there. Next time we talk to you all, shoot, training camp will just be a few days away as far as everybody is going to be up at Flowery Branch. So next time we talk to you, we'll be deep 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 into it and uh we can't wait to get this football season rolling can't wait to talk to you about training camp and uh all things atlanta falcons as we continue on our way to the preseason and the regular season so for bo morgan i am dylan matthews until we talk to you guys next time peace